Welcome to the Self-Helpful Podcast. I'm Kevin Miller, and like you, it's not personal development I'm so interested in. It's what it provides me, such as happiness and purpose and fulfillment. And to have these things, we must grow and become more aware and able. So I work with the world's largest publishers and agencies to bring you the cutting-edge experts on the subjects of self-help for in-depth conversations that help us understand and engage in our own self-help. This is my Functional Friday episode where we focus on our health and wellness so we can have the ability and capacity to pursue all we desire. Today, we're talking about how your body gets derailed by your mind and vice versa. I'm with Randy James, medical doctor, functional medicine expert, and my dear friend. Uh, The fourth pillar of getting you well in functional medicine is dealing with relationships. And your foundational relationship is between your body and your mind. We hear plenty about body and mind connection, but very little that we actually understand how to apply to our everyday lives. And we continue to see people pursuing health in their bodies, but being derailed by issues of the mind. I mean, there's a very real truth to the physical manifestation of emotional pain. That's a bad response to stress and anxiety. Relationships, trauma, financial issues, even exciting events can build up to ongoing anxiety that will manifest poorly if it's not managed well. And on the other side, we have depression and hopelessness, which is almost always treated with a mind focus. While we often find the body being in disarray is often a primary culprit. I mean, ultimately, if our mind is in bad straits, it will often play itself out in physical ailments. And we can say the same in reverse. So when we are properly tending to our mind, but our body's in disarray, our mind is compromised. You may have seen much on the gut brain connection or come across Dr. Bessel van der Kolk's book, The Body Keeps the Score. In this show, we aim to simplify the concepts and give you a viable understanding of this chicken and egg idea of mind and body connection. If you find value from this self-helpful podcast, subscribe, leave a review about this episode, which a lot of you guys have been doing. Thank you so much. And best of all, share something you learned in this show with someone else. Talk about it, discuss it, break it down. It'll help elevate someone else's day and your own. You can connect with me at kevinmiller.co. Next up, Dr. Randy James and I discuss the body and mind connection and how it plays out in the reality of our daily lives. Starting off here, we're talking about mind and body. And I think for the average layman, which I'm going to label myself as this entire show, it it sounds kind of hoodoo guru, or even if we do understand it from a scientific medical standpoint, when I hear it talked about, it's nothing that I can actually just relate to my life. So that's going to be the effort today is to take my layman's terms and your, and I was going to say, as we talked about a minute ago, not just your medical aspect, because we have a whole sea of medical people that know nothing about the mind body connection. So we're going to talk about for you, it's a functional medicine approach. And this is a fourth pillar. Yeah, it, it, it is key. And even in the functional medicine community, there's lots of variants on how one would talk about it, describe it. Because we are now in a world where there is no measuring stick. We don't have a blood test for this. We don't, we don't have really good American English languaging. So it's hard. Well, so we're just going to come down to nobody really cares. I'm going to say this. I'm going to state, I bet nobody listening cares about the mind-body connection. I don't. I do care about how I feel today, 
how well I feel today and am I able to go about my daily things I want to do, feel like I need to do whatever. Can I do that? uh, with full capacity, as full capacity as possible. So that's what we're talking about. We've talked about, you know, input output, which is, you know, our diet, our exercise. We've talked about recovery and sleep. And now we're talking about this. And you said that coming off of talking about sleep and Sabbath and sabbatical. And you mentioned Shalom, which is a word that sounds faith-based, whatever, but ultimately calls peace. And so if we even talk about that, the mind body connection, that to the level that we are at peace with ourselves, that our body's at peace is a measurement of health. And that's what we're talking about. And the lack thereof is what can derail things. So you're here again in a clinic and people come in, they have this ache or they have this pain or they have brain fog or they have whatever. And you know that this, the mind body connection where they are, that part of it is just as important as what are they eating? Are they sleeping? How are they sleeping? Are they exercising? It's, it's just a main component. So we weren't as always going to elevate it, but also then just try to make it palatable. Uh, right. And you're right. People don't, and I would say you didn't know enough to care. Mm-hmm. And that's, so we are going to elevate it. A lot of times mm-hmm. people will describe this as below the waterline or it's in your subconscious. Your brain certainly knows something about what's going on in the body. But it isn't into in, in your consciousness, and so you're not conscious of it, <laughs> yeah. and we get trapped in that in that kind of place. And as a, Americans, and well, in our culture, we do a whole lot of work to keep our brains unaware of certain things. Hmm. We don't want to feel tired and brain fog and those kind of things. We want to feel entertained. We want to feel at peace. We want to feel these things, and we look for it in ways that... Sometimes are helpful and sometimes are harmful. Well, that's great because if we're talking about what are the things that for my mind, body, health uh, can jack it negatively, what can help it? We want to talk about that. The opposite of that is doing neither but just medicating the symptom, which we may try to do with the glass of wine. Uh, the TV show or the pharmaceutical drug. That's our primary go-to. Or a run. How, now hold on. Now, yeah, well, um, so <laughs> that's my drug. How many wives have I heard say to their husbands, "Oh my gosh, just go for a run, just get out of here"? Sure. I'd say, and then the question would be, "Okay, that's a better thing to do than grab a bottle of wine." But the question is, why did you get or somebody get to that tense place in the first place? Yeah, to quote unquote need. Uh, a run or, or, or whatever else and a, a medication, it, a, a, a different kind of medication. Yeah. Why do you, why do you have the pathology to begin with? So, so something that we were talking about, um, so Randy, you wear, uh, an aura ring, which is a measures your sleep and looks like I'm wearing a Garmin, whatever that, you know, for, for fitness stuff, but it measures my heart rate and whatever. These are, these are measurements. How, how great would it be if we could know on a given day, Hey, where am I mind body? Where am I? Where am I just peace? Let's just talk about that. Where am I peaceful wise? And we think about the, yeah, the monk shaman who's sitting there cross-legged and his heart rate's low and he's all at peace. And that's not our lives. We have jobs, we have kids, we have mortgages, we have whatever. Um, but what is it that is affecting our peace? So I like that term. That's what we've been talking about. You and I, just as we talked prior to the show is if we look at the heart as an analogy, because again, folks, if we go down the full medicinal side and the stuff that, you know, nobody's going to understand it. 
So I'm going to talk on layman's terms, but you'll correct me if I go way haywire. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, So if we talk about the heart and look at if we are healthy, our heart rate is generally lower. As you're sitting there at your desk, you're driving along, your heart rate is lower. It's not having to work that hard to take oxygen around the body and whatnot. So if we take that as an analogy, now, if my body is in bad shape, Uh, If I was in a car wreck, your heart rate's jacked because it's going nuts trying to heal. No different than if I'm in a bike race, it's trying to do that. Um, But also if I'm pounding it with Waffle House, all you can eat buffet and eat that and it's pounding and, and, and jacked up there and my body's just in ill health. It's having a hard time staying, surviving. Can I say that? A hard time. So my heart rate's jacked up. Okay. So that's the physiological side, but then we're also going to hit it from the mental side. That's the mind body on the mental side. If I am, and of course, if I say stress, you're going to say, no, it's not stress. It's a bad response to stress. If I am stressed, I can also elevate my heart rate and I'm jacking up too. You know, and, and, and that's, it's a good response to stress. So if you are getting ready to take a final exam, it's good that your heart rate's up. Right. This is, this is, now, if you haven't prepared for it and you kind of know you're going to bomb this thing, well, this is kind of a bad response because now you're lamenting the fact. And, or if you're anxious to like, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to this thing. I'm going to rock on this test and that kind of thing. Your, your heart rate's up. It might go up to the exact same level, but on one hand, this is kind of a good response. And on the other hand, this is kind of a not good response. So... You're right. Layman's terms and all that kind of the, the, well, I want you to talk, talk about that because, uh, we're not the monks sitting in the cave where nothing happens. Or if it does happen, you just go, ah, you know, peace be, don't worry about it. That's, I mean, that is, there is a proper response. And if there is a, you're about to be in a car accident or you get a call from your bank and your money's all gone, or you get a call from right. your spouse who left you or whatever, and you get boom, that response, that's not wrong. Your body should be able to respond well to that. But then if you stay there, you're in trouble. So tell the, the, uh, What's the animal? The giraffe. The zebra. Zebra. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that, tell that analogy. So, so a relatively famous book, uh, 10 or some odd years ago, was... I didn't know about it. Um, why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers, or Why Don't Zebras Get Ulcers? And so very simply, the zebras know the lion is over there, but they go about in their herd, and they take a few bites of grass, and you see their head pop up. They check, okay, he's over there, they... Take a few bites of grass, and this just goes on and so on. Generally at peace. Generally at peace. At a level, they are relative level of healthy peace. Right. So the if we think about the uh, stress response, fight or flight, the opposite of that is rest and digest. So they are resting and digesting, and in the afternoon they're chewing their cud or whatever zebras do, and then when the lions attack, they all run. So and in now, that sense, physiologically, they're, they're fighting they're, they're and fighting. fighting. So they're sitting there with dangers over there, but they're but they don't feel in danger. So they're at peace. So so mentally, they're good. They're not wigging out about it like we as humans would be. Like, oh my gosh, something's over there. Something could happen, and we're already stressed. And they're at peace, which is awesome. Correct. Now physiologically, they're well, and so they're at peace right now. Their heart rate's down. That lion jumps, and boom, their heart's healthy, and it can jack up where it needs to be really right. fast in order to get away. Yeah. And then either they get away or they don't. But let's say one. Let's say Bob doesn't. (laughs) But we're going to talk about Sam over here, and he's like, "Wow, you know, too bad for Bob." And he, what does he do? Goes back. Goes right back. His heart rate comes. Heart rate drops. 
He goes back to munching his grass. I, you know, the zebra doesn't know, okay, now I don't have to worry about it for the next few days because the lions will be all stuffed and whatever else. He's just going to look and see where the lions are, get ready to run. Now, imagine that the typical American family over here and the husband comes home or the wife comes home and says, let me tell you about my day today. And they rehash Bob getting eating, eaten and how fast they had to run and what almost happened. And, and little Sally was almost there too. And, and then they start to worry about tomorrow. How do we plan for tomorrow? So we don't and they're sitting have there to, all and night. the heart rate is already elevated yeah. and not as much as if they were running, but it's not down to complete rest. And so the tone, the tension gets poured into the system. In this case, we're talking about a heart, but it's so complex. There's a liver response. There's a skin response. There's a hormone response that is going on all the time. And your response to this situation is also dependent upon how you have already responded 10,000 times before. And so then it becomes a habit or a trained response. So then we have people who kind of, and now we can talk about stereotypes because we know the person who is a, a worry wart right. and they're on high alert all the time about everything. And we know a person who is also, maybe it was Bob who got eaten because he was lackadaisical about everything and he didn't, he didn't right. prepare for his test. And, and I want to pull out because we're talking to a lot of people in business and work, the person that is just go, 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 go. And you got yeah. your, we've already talked about, you know, the cell phone, it's always there and it's ding, ding. There's a new message. There's a new update. There's a new like, there's a whatever it's there. It's a new phone call and you jump in the cab and you're talking the whole time and you get to work and it's just, you know, constant, 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 constant. I mean, we are just not built to. withstand. So again, if we come down to peace and yeah, so I've been enamored with this, wearable device. It's a Garmin, you know, whatever, but it shows me my rest average resting heart rate. And I know that when I'm getting good sleep, when I'm not worrying about things, when my anxiety is not high, my resting heart rate is lower. And we can look at, I think anybody, you can type it in what your age is, you know, male, female, what your age is and what is a healthy resting heart rate. And I don't want to make that God, because of course it's not, but if we look at that as a muse, which is what mm-hmm. we said earlier, if we look at, at that as a muse, and, and I know that if I am getting some good exercise, not too much, we're not talking like you said, it's not ultra marathon stuff, not too much, but an adequate amount. My body is well, I'm eating well, I'm not eating stuff that stresses my body. So I'm taking care of that from a physio- physiological standpoint. Then on the worry side and the, and the bad stress response side, I am being at peace. Then my heart rate stays here. If I violate either in body or mind, then my heart rate starts to rise and to stay risen. And that's what's happening in our culture between stress and, you know, bad mind and bad body health that our heart rates are higher. That means our body is working more. So you have a body that is working more all the time than the zebra or or even the elite athlete. They can go out and kill it for an hour or whatever they need to do. But off that, man, they are all about peace and recovery because that's the only way they can excel and perform. Why do we want to be any different? Right. And we're not comparing ourselves to the elite athlete or the zebra, but Kevin Miller, three or four days into good sleep, good exercise, your resting heart rate might be X, Y, Z, and you're better off than the Kevin Miller who wasn't doing that. Right. And right. the amount of 
effort and efficiency or whatever in on the good side over here is less to keep you performing and doing your work and all those kind of things compared to where you would have been over here. And that's just with, I mean, you mentioned a few days of that, but of course then there's a, well, what's been going on in Kevin Miller for the last few decades sure. has an impact and even the last few seconds. And there are, you know, we don't have wearable devices that are going to give us a second by second kind of, but we could, we could, there have been studies done where stick a needle in your arm and, uh, and we'll pull off data in this case, not heart rate and things like that, but inflammatory markers, cytokines and interleukins and all the biochemical, you know, complexity uh, and compare second to second what happens when you eat a typical fast food meal versus what happens when you don't or you eat something better. And there is a measurable, measurable findings right then and there. If people could walk around with, we've talked about this before, if you could have a device that says, you know, that buzzes you when your posture slumps over uh-huh. or buzzes you when your cytokines are too high because you just had a piece of food that was uh, too much of this and not enough of that and the inflammatory markers go up. Or me uh, when my shoulders are, are, ra- tense. are tensed and raised up and my breath is shallower because I'm sitting there intensely working on something or worrying about something or... Even if I'm just excited and I, and I need to, and I catch myself, I need to lower my shoulders, take a deep breath. I mean, so again, we're back to, we're back to peace. And so what, uh, what alters that? What influences what, right. our peace, which is what we're talking about here. And this is, this is where this gets into big territory because we're talking about your relationship to yourself, your relationship to the world, your perceived reality that you live in. And so we're now back into, and again, we're just, we're just, we're not telling you what to think or how to think. We're just saying, these are the things that affect your body, mind, this fourth primary pillar that's holding up your life. And the things in your life affect this. What are they and, and, and what can you do about them? Right. And it's big stuff because it is. It's going back to past traumas. Right. It's going to your current state of how you deal with stress. Do you recover or not? Do you awfulize? Do you take things with a grain of salt? I mean, you've talked about even as you look at your health and wellness today and like your telomere length, which is a, a chromosome measurement. Can we say that? Mm, that right. looks at your, you know, kind of a measurement of, Hey, regardless of your age, this is maybe where you really are. And you've even looked back at, gosh, what was the damage done that you can't fully correct in medical school? Right. During the years of high stress, not enough sleep, high expectations, high performance, high, all of those kind of things going on for years and years with lack of recovery, how much damage did that do to telomere length or or whatever measuring stick we're going to use? And how did it alter? Well, even more so, go go back to a mental trauma like the zebra. How many folks listening right now had a lion attack? All of them did. Well, okay, right, right. (laughs) We all had trauma. We all did, to to varying degrees. Right. And that trauma back then was an abusive alcoholic dad or abandonment or... Uh, assault or, or, or just high expectations from a wealthy family or whatever that, that programmed us and it programmed our life perception 
which again, we're talking big issues here, but what we're trying to elevate is those things, how you wake up in the morning, boom, your eyes pop open. What's your first thought? And then throughout the day, what is that status of your, let's call it your heart, your heart, your peace or lack thereof is a pillar. So if you're over here and you're doing great exercise, you're over here and you're doing really good input with, you know, food and drink and, you know, audio, whatever you're over here and you're trying to sleep well. And yet now we have this mental component that's directly connected to your body and it is off. It is high strung. It is damaged. It is whatever. And it's a crumbling leg. Then again, that's that, that's an area that in traditional medicine is pretty much not addressed. And if it is, it's with a pharmaceutical or at the best, maybe go see a therapist. True. That there's a, it, there's a whole lot that would be addressed, but it's going to be seen through the lens of counseling of what's the psychological diagnosis. And of course those exist as well, but we're not specifically talking about that where there is a, and even well, and in a sense we are, how did somebody get to depression or anxiety or something like that? Right. All of these things are related to, and, and the word that I have used as we use input, output, recovery in, in relationships is what is the relationship between you, your mind, to your body, to your soul, to your worldview, to your family relationships, close relationships, and then to your community? And there's a back and forthness to all of that. You relating to them, them relating to you. Your your mind relating to your heart, your heart sending your mind signals of, hey, how are we doing, is going on, of course, all the time, and we are largely unaware. Well, and, and from a direct analogy, I remember a patient who we could name, but we won't, who was in here who had some significant physiological issues to deal with. And, uh, as you're going down the road, there came a point where those things were not being fully addressed. They were not solved, but you said right now, the most acute thing, which I appreciate from you as a, as a, as a doctor saying, you can't fix everything today, but where's the most acute place. Let's start with step one. And with her, you finally came and said, look, the best thing you can do right now is deal with your adult son who lives in your home. That's causing you so much bad stress, right? Bad response that you're not dealing with on a daily basis. We can't get you to any health point. That's going to circumvent that. It is the primary thing that's wrecking you right now. That's not a doctoral statement. That's not a medicinal diagnosis, but that is you looking and saying, look at these pillars of your life. This is the one that is the most causing the most wreckage right now. Right. That, right. that brings it home to all of us in a pretty significant way. I th yes. That's on the negative side on the, uh, on the positive side is one of the best things we did for another individual was just make him aware of the fact that he qualified for VA benefits. And let's just say it was a thousand bucks a month. Well, holy cow, that took away such a financial pressure on him. He just, his, he was ebullient after that. His life was, you know, he was, it's kind of like, you know, when you're yeah. doing a piggyback on somebody and they get off your back and you're like, oh, I feel so light. Uh, yeah. and, and for him, that change in mental perspective of I'm not always on the edge of disaster here was, was a medicinal fact. It, mm -hmm. And but how would you ever measure that by a blood test? How and the same with with the woman who needed to get her son. You can't measure anything there. No, I, I want to bring you back to the blood test because how many patients have you had at True Life Medicine 
who have gone through blood tests, gone to a regular doc, gone through blood tests, and the results come back and say, nothing's wrong. Right. You know, nothing's wrong according to those narrow measurements, meaning right. you're not going to die today. So and I'm being facetious and a little unfair, but uh, those measurements are so small. There's nothing wrong. And they're frustrated. The, the, the person is because they do not feel what well. they know something is wrong. So if they push that, the person, they'll often get the response back. Okay. Well, if this is what you're feeling, we can medicate that. I mean, in all truth, there's a pharmaceutical for that. We can deal with that because we can't tell you anything specifically to do, which of course is why they end up here so that you can do a lot bigger measurements from physiological and, you know, blood work and, and all that onto just the discernment of what's going on in your life in your right, head. Right. Taking a measurement of their story is, is such a, a big piece of what we do because, and I'd say the main piece, because who cares about numbers on a page and from a data standpoint, this is a life we're talking about a, a person who has a, a, a spouse and kids and a mission, passion, purpose, right? There, there's a, a job to be done out there that, that they care about. Um, we spoke about a, a different person um, when that, w- when the care is not there and that part of the story is not there, it almost doesn't matter what the malady is in the body because the mind is like, I don't care. And they're, they're not going to make a decision to eat better, sleep better, think better, and all of those. Because, and, and that's, that's a very, there's another example of the mind-body connection. If the mind says, well, I don't care, then there is an apathetic response, I would argue, even within the body. that, And it becomes a very vicious cycle to slice into into how do you help that person well let's take a an example of somebody i mean depression is on a dramatic as are so many maladies whether diabetes or heart disease or whatever we have especially in america we have so many things just on a dramatic curve up in 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 growing but if we take um if we take uh what did i just say depression depression thank you if we take depression as one and you have somebody comes in here and says man i am dealing with depression at face value, you have no idea. I mean, I've witnessed it. You have no idea where to start. You have to get the whole uh, picture from the story of their life. You know, what's the, all, all the past, not just medical history, but life circumstances, uh, life events. Right. Uh, that. Look at that. You will look at blood work, but you're going to look at it from all angles because you have no idea if it could be, it could be cause let's go to the physiological side. How many times have you seen a, a depression, even brain fog, whatever these, what we would say, neurological things, mental things. And it was caused by the wreckage, physiological wreckage. What's, you know, what back to our show on that, what's coming in the body. It does not want what's not coming in the body that it needs. I would say there's sometimes where that's at least the primary culprit. Is that fair? Fair. And we could even name it and say, somebody's got low thyroid, you know, that can be a part of depression. And there's a, a touch point. We measured something. We said, this is out of whack because of lots of, you know, then you say, well, why is there low thyroid? And it could be because of lots of, lots of reasons there too, but here's a physiologic reason. And it could be a number of things. Maybe they have anemia. Maybe they have low iron. Maybe, 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 maybe there's a reason for that depression. But the very end, the very next person through the door who also says depression, maybe their mom died last week and they're just can't, they may be hundred percent, not that anybody can be perfect physiologically. They're, they are an elite athlete. They are, you know, whatever right. their, yet, their labs really are normal. And yet, yeah, their mom died last week or their mom died 20 A year years ago. ago or 20 years ago. And it's the anniversary. Right. 
or it's not the anniversary and they have PTSD from this mm-hmm. because of the way they have related to that trauma and here they are today and and the sad thing is both of these so let's say the person whose mom died 20 years ago and let's say the person who came in with it, it just let's say their thyroid levels were normal but it was low for them and they both in a normal American medical practice, the chances are that they would both walk out the door with a prescription for Zoloft or Prozac or whatever is quite high. Mm-hmm. And so dramatically different causes, same medicine. Yeah. And that's where we're saying for people out there, it's not about finding the, the super secret upstream causes uh, to, to the way I'm feeling. It is about elevating today. We're saying one of the dramatic pillars to the way that you feel and think and perform is your mind's relationship with the body and your body's relationship with the mind. Again, that is largely subconscious in America because we don't talk about it very much. Subconscious, but, but gosh, again, to get deep because it is, it's based on, but we're talking about belief. We're talking about belief, how I see the world, how perception, perception, of course. Uh Yeah. Perception and belief of the world. And we all know that we all know somebody or two people or, or, or yourself. And this event happens to you. It's not whatever. It's not a big deal. And somebody over here is freaking out about it. What on earth is wrong? And maybe your spouse, you know, or whatever, a friend, those are two different, the facts of the facts, the, but it's two different perceptions. That's right. And that's what we're talking about. That's right. And we can't fault either person. Right. I mean, one we might say, "Oh, you're you know hung, strung up about nothing, or wrapped around the axle, or something like that," and to the other person we say, "Well, you're you're not even paying attention to the gravity of the situation here." Sure. Right. And 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 we're all on the spectrum of how we respond to these things. And what? Yeah. And what yeah. our core beliefs and perceptions. The filter, that filter I, that we a filter. Has wake an up for. And and you talked about this. Can can we say this? Uh, and be politically correct in some way, but in functional medicine, which does look at these areas that to a degree, this, the mind body is a, you said, it's kind of a aspect of spirituality. It's your, how you, your worldview, if worldview, yeah. faith view, can we say that? There's, well, there's so many words here because it's not a technical topic. It's so your lens, your perception, your worldview, your belief system, your faith, uh, your culture is uh, so much of that, and and so we want to be very careful about how we say things. And and I would argue every human has, by definition of being human, a worldview, a, a perspective, a lens of a. And of course, now we're getting into philosophy. What is the concept of self? What is the concept of will? The concept yeah. of power. Am I am I truly free? Or are we all really living in the matrix? I mean, they, we could get well, way... Well, I would say you go right into faith there. Is it? Is it? Am I just here and it's just me and I'm alone? Or is there a greater purpose? Is there a greater uh, existence? Is there a God? I mean, all this stuff feeds into this about how we perceive the day-to-day life. Now, yeah, we did get... We got a our one, I think, our one non-five-star review for the True Life Show on iTunes from somebody who said... Ah, it's all great stuff, except they talk about God too much, which I, 
I, I guess we do. It'd be like talking about food. It's just part of my life and your life. And we talk about it and we do come from an admitted, I guess that's maybe that's relevant, an admitted filter of a faith in God. And it is, uh, to the point of Jesus Christ that affects our worldview. It affects our faith. It affects, and it, ultimately it affects us. It affects our peace. It affects how we look at everything. And so the point is not to tell everybody that they should do that, but it's saying whatever you believe, whether it's Stephen Hawking who believed in science and nothing, no God, okay, that affected that his peace. That is his lens, and it did, by definition, ha- and I think you would agree with that, yeah. his perception sure. of reality through that lens of atheism affected how he viewed his own reality and what his own mission and passion and purpose and all of those kind of things were. And of course, now we can debate, and we will debate forever on what's the best way to think. And and you and I are not here to tell other people they should do this or that or the other, but certainly the debate is out there and will be forever, and it's a good debate. Well, but if we're here looking at, okay, today I just want to feel well, as well as I can. I want to be able to have my performance as high as it can. We're just saying, okay, in this pillar of mind and body, uh, it, we're talking about a level of peace, whatever it is that brings you there to this aspect. Okay. We're, we're going to say, okay, fine. So if you believe in flat earth and you believe in Zeus and, and whatever, and because of that, it's helping you be at peace. Okay. For your wellness generally that, okay, good. That's, that's helping you, but everything matters. Everything is coming in the, the, there. May, may I interrupt and say, Please. the point is that the belief matters. Right. Not now. Or, or the response I, to the belief. The, I was going to say the response to, to the belief because Hitler really believed that the Jews were harming the earth and he needed to be rid of the Jews. And he really believed that this was a good thing. Right. And the preponderance of the other uh, opinions throughout the day would say, well, no. And in, in fact, we're going to go to war over this. Same with slavery. Same with these vast cultural things where where we had to do battle about it. Okay, we're not talking about those. Today we're saying the actual belief and the response to the belief is having an impact in your body. So, mm-hmm. you know, from a Christian perspective, are all Christians healthier? And I would say, oh, for heaven's no. sakes, no. And, and in fact, I think maybe, there's maybe a, less. a fallacy that's right yeah. because they kind of say, well, if you pray about Doritos, somehow that's going to be a better <laughs> health response in your body. And I grew up sort of in that environment where and, and we would say, well, that, that's just, that's not true. And, and so now we've got this different worldview and faith view and perspective to say, and, and the point is that everything is going into this system called the microcosm of your body and how you think and feel is having an impact on your, your body's response to those. Yeah thoughts and feelings. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite movies is Forrest Gump. I, I love the movie. And honestly, I love the character because I view him in his simplisticness. He's at peace and he yeah. takes the good, you know, I invested in Apple and now I don't have to worry about money anymore. Eh, one less thing to worry about. I wish I was that way. And you know, there's a, there's a death and I'm sad and he felt it and he grieved, but then he goes on and does that. That's kind of back to the zebra thing of how are we responding to that, what do we believe? And we have a well, s- may I say uh, on Forrest Gump? Yep. The other side of that was the culture viewed him as a moron. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it, technically, 
And would it, would it, would in both ways say in this sense, why aren't you more scared? And on this sense, why are you so scared? I mean, either way they're going to nail him. And, yeah. and Dostoevsky in the book, the idiot, you know, it's bad things should be happening to you because you are so simplistic and peaceful and you should be worried. You should. And at the same time, he won the, the football award. He got the Heisman trophy or whatever. And it's like, yeah. he's like, ah, eh, can I have another Dr. Pepper? <laughs> yeah. The best thing about it. <laughs> Yeah. And that was the best thing about it. And we're like, no, no, no. You should be more overjoyed and more something with that award. And he, and he was like, oh, no, I'll just take it or leave it. Yeah. And there's a, there's a beauty to that. There is. But it, it there's also the it doesn't translate. I know, but we that's the that's the point. I think that's the problem. We would say that's not realistic. It's not realistic in our culture where we take this event and think we have to beat it like a dead horse for the rest of our lives, and that's where we end up with. So I, I might have talked about this on a show before. In uh, the Ziegler show, I interviewed a guy named Mastin Kip. He has a book called Claim Your Power. But it's his point was his stick, and everybody's got their stick, their soapbox, but he believes a majority of people who are stuck, who find themselves in a place where they are stuck, they're not progressing, they're feeling handicapped, whatever, and it's a result of not health fully dealing with past traumas. Now we broke down in the show that word trauma. Cause when I hear trauma, I think of, you know, trauma, this ER. And he said, no, trauma can be just, yeah, the high expectations of well-meaning parents. It's but what you perceive exactly, as trauma. Exactly. Yeah. Which I did. I had incredible parents who had high expectations. Uh, it didn't bother my siblings like it did me. And, but I put my self image around that unhealthfully. So, and thought I have to be perfect. I have to be Superman. I and mean, there's not a week that goes by that at some point my wife goes, honey, you don't have to be perfect and you can't be, you're not, you're human. And I need to hear that again. I took that in, in a bad way. And, uh, I had a friend here recently, Jonathan Poole, who, you know, who ended up on, here's a guy, he's a virile guy, athletic guy. He ended up on his back for a long period of time, he even had to create his life structure to where he could work from home. He had his laptop to where it was elevated above him so he could type on it. And ultimately it came down to nothing specifically physiological wrong. It was mentally, and he used that phrase. I don't think he coined it, but the physical manifestation of emotional pain Mm -hmm. and it crippled him to literally, he could not, when he finally came to that realization, started dealing with it, he got up and quickly, fairly quickly recovered. And today is a, is the healthy guy that he should have been. But his understanding of that, his compassion for people who are dealing with that, and I think to some level, you would say we're all on that spectrum. We are all today. My abilities today, Kevin Miller, on this day that we're, is hampered by my peace or lack thereof, my mind-body connection, how I perceive my beliefs and the response thereof. And that's, again, if I come back down now to my goofy little, not goofy, but my simplistic analogy of, okay. Where's my heart rate at? Mm-hmm. Am I taxing it because I am not taking care of my body or my body's damaged or as my mind not dealing well with whatever has gone mm-hmm. on in my life, good or bad. Good. And let's say that good or bad, cause it can good even bad, be, yeah. I am living out the ex- excitement of something I'm looking forward to too much as well. And my legs sitting there hammering along and I'm jittery and I'm whatever. And I, he said, dude, calm down. I'm glad you're excited, but you, if you want to be well as well, weller, mm-hmm. then we're back to peace. And just to bring in last time we talked about sleep mm-hmm. as a part of that, we talked about 
sabbatical, about vacation, all of these things, the rhythm of life, and we are designed to be able to handle a wide variety of stress, from a temperature stress to a, to a financial stress to a marriage stress, and the sum total of what we have become is related to all of those things, and it is the trajectory of where we are going, and the of what you just said, the the biggest encouragement that I see in that is you have some, you have lots of influence yeah. as to how your body is going to respond. We all, you know, whether it's a wearable device or, you know, we don't have the Dr. Spock scan that just says you're fine, you're not fine. And, and we never will because it's, it's infinitely complex. And some people like wearables, some people don't. Um, where I think you and I, and we've talked about this before, have we've where we've changed over the last few years is emphasizing our sleep and that kind of rhythm where we haven't really gotten super good traction is on purposefully, rhythmically, and uh, is to dedicate some time to meditation, mm-hmm. to that deep breath, to relaxing the shoulders, the neck so that we can be becoming the kind of people who don't get tense in the first place, that it that our posture along the way becomes a natural... Uh, and of course, like you said, we're all... None of us are perfect, and we're in our varying states of imperfection, but we can always be leaning into a little bit better posture, a little bit better meditation, a little bit better breathing, a little bit better sleep. And we have... It's not written in the cards that we're just going to be a bad posture person or a stressed out person or my neck is just going to always be tight or I'm always going to be depressed or overweight or underweight or out of shape or whatever. Now we're back to how do you be becoming the kind of person who's going to lean forwardly into that? I, I feel like you talked about meditation and we've talked about that in previous show. Well, I think we talked about it in the last show on, on recovery. You know, that's again, just like exercise. That is something that we are, it's a new thing in our culture, in our lives, a new need because it's an artificially inserted piece of what used to be normal. Just like we talk about, we didn't used to need to exercise because life was exercise. It was carrying a bucket from the stream. It was grinding out the grain for the bread. It was I mean, just a, I, a matter of fact, I'm reading one of my little girls, the book, uh, Ingalls, Wild, Laura Ingalls Wilder or whatever. It's like the big house in the woods or something like that. And all it is about the daily effort for them to survive their day was exercise. Now we don't do that. We can be sedentary. We have to artificially stick in and go lift inanimate objects at a big, you know, warehouse that, you know, back to meditation that used to be by proxy that happened. There was boredom. I mean, at night the sun went down, we didn't have electricity. You have a candle. There's a little bit you can do and you just sit there and read a book or think or something like that. Or it's the long horse ride home from wherever you had to be or the long walk to go to a neighbor. And we just had those meditative times that we do not have today, especially with our smartphones in our hand. There's never, there never has to be a dull moment. So we're having to artificially come in I think, and do this, what feels like a goofy exercise, really, I got to sit here for 15 minutes and do nothing. This is embarrassing. I'm going to close my door. Hopefully nobody knocks or knows what I'm doing. 
Right. Uh, it's just, I, I just want to bring out the goofiness of it. it. It is. We are in a goofy society where, gosh, who was the guy who wrote Undoctored, the book Undoctored? I probably have it over there. And he talks about that in there when he starts talking about diet and healthy diet to somebody, to people, he'll often get that response. Oh, so you want me to eat in this one of these extreme ways? He says, no, I want you to realize that how we eat and I'll insert live today, it's extreme. I'm just bringing you back to what used to be, or to, the, to the health, to, to should be the norm. Uh, we should bring up the Blaise Pascal quote. Uh, man's biggest, well, like one of his biggest deficits is the inability to sit alone in a room for 15 minutes. That's right. Yeah. Which, and that was written, of course, in the 1700s. So yeah, yeah, how ridiculous. Would he, without a smartphone. <laughs> without Holy a smokes. smartphone. And, and um, how would that man's brain perceive our brains today and the constant constant distractions oh my gosh and so what we're saying today is that we're going to elevate the gravity the awareness of whatever the word becomes meditation silence solitude prayerfulness um uh breathing techniques whatever the word becomes for you um that this ought to be it must be goofy and prescribed on the front side of things so that it becomes a habit. And here we always refer to the Ziegler quotes that, you know, the non-punctual person stares at himself in the mirror and says, Randy, you are a punctual person today. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that feels kind of goofy. Um, and it feels even untrue. It's, you're making a non-true statement. I would say, well, wait a minute. The better analogy is, is, is any sport, golf. To the person who is not a golfer and you take a golf club and a ball and a tee and you go out to the golfing range and you look terrible. You are not a golfer, but how do you be becoming a better golfer? Well, you practice right? and you, you stink at it and you just keep doing it a little bit more each day. Some people get better faster. Some people get better slower, but everybody gets better compared to where they were. And that's how I would encourage us, you and I and people to approach this sorely lacking rhythm in our culture. It's so I would, I was just going to say, Hey, he's sorely lacking. I would say out of the four areas that we've been talking about input, output and recovery, that this is the one I would, I least like to deal with. The other ones are so much easier. There's so much more tangible. This one is intangible. And to people like you and I, like probably everybody who's listening, we want a tangible task. Yeah. Let me get something done. And to sit alone by myself in a room for 15 minutes does not feel like I'm getting something done. Or or to question my beliefs or my perceptions. I mean, that's the, I sleep, I can, okay. Sleep, Sabbath, even meditation, uh, maybe a little bit to, to eat better. Okay. To bring, you know, keep the bad, uh, input out bad, you know, negative input out and positive input in. Okay. To exercise. Okay. But this one, right. It gets to your core. Oh my sense of self, your core belief structure. And even to the point of counseling and therapy, what we talk about, those have one of the, if you're doing that, nobody wants to admit to doing that. That is a bad word where, where we're saying, no, it's, it really should be a part of normal. All of our, that should yeah. be normal. And I, we, and we can call it coaching. We, in exactly. fact, that's what parenting is. That's what doctoring is in part. That's, yeah. that's what friendship is in part to be a, an honest reflection back to another human being of, of the perception of how they are. 
And yeah, I'm feeling guilty because <laughs> I don't do it enough. I mean, I have done plenty of counseling or, you know, with counselors and therapists over the years, but I don't do it consistently. And yet nobody thinks actually people are proud if they go to a health club or something, have a personal trainer. Well, of course I'm getting a personal trainer, man. I want to get well as quick as I can and as well as I can and whatever. Well, how about over here? And the bigger issue of how you perceive yourself, your world, your reality. I mean, we're talking. So again, to bring this to that elevation standpoint, we're saying if you want to be as well as you can, this body mind area, if you are sitting there right now throughout the day, are you at peace? Is your body broken and you're in, in some aspect of physiological ill health and you're basically your body is struggling. If so, it is jacking up. I'm going to you know, talk back to the heart rate is it is, it is violating your level of peace. Same thing. If your mind is in some way broken, your perceptions are broken, your responses are broken and your mind is struggling. It is jeopardizing this leg of the table of mind and body peace. So again, we can't, there's no way we could, we would be here for, uh, ever to deal with this gigantic issue to say, this is how you should, if you want to be well, obviously, you know, there are some things just like we go back and say, well, of course a donut is not going to be as beneficial to your body in general as a raw carrot. Okay. Right. You know, over here, your response to something hard and not being able to get over it or your lack of recovery from a past trauma, whether it was yeah yesterday or 20 years ago. I mean, those are things that, uh, it's going to, it's going to, there's going to be, we've used this words over and over. There's going to be an accumulative effect. There is today. And there will continue to be in the years, days, months, weeks, years that come That's if right. you don't deal with it. That's right. And, and so the emphasis today is on opening up people's awareness of yeah. this fact, whether it's, you don't like your job and the daily trauma of that. There's work that you need to do within your marriage. There's work that you need to do within yourself. Who am I? Why am I here? And, and again, quite honestly, in our culture, most people don't want to crack that open. It hurts too much. And I get it. And, and I'm, uh, so what do, what do those people do? And I would say, well, today, be aware and lean into it. Yeah. You know, what's the next thing? I don't know. It could be get a new job. It could be you know, get a dog and, or get rid of the dog that you have because you don't like dogs. There's, it's infinite. Mm -hmm. And, and again, that's why it doesn't get discussed within the 15 minute medical appointment is because it's infinite and it's wrapped around the story of who you are and who you want to be. And that isn't what our medical system is, is about these days. And it's not what our business system is about these days. It's about mm -hmm. the bottom line and performance and all of that. So so winding that back down to people and the number one thing thing being their story and who they are becoming and the awareness of the brain body connection. I, I don't know. There's anything, any better, uh, landing place than that. Just awareness that I'm sitting there at my desk and today my heart rate, my resting heart rate's 57. I think, man, I'm, I'm pretty good. If next week I'm sitting there and it's 70, I'm going to be questioning. I need to be questioning daily. Why is it there? Is there something physiological? Is this mental? Something is making my body, mind, the whole deal, the whole engine work harder. And that is going to manifest now or later. Where is it coming from? And that's where we are. And we don't know where you are and what's causing your elevated heart rate or your uh, lack of peace. 
but that's what we're trying to elevate here. I hope we've done a good job with it. Friends, I trust this episode helps shed some light on this very real, acutely tangible relationship between your mind and your body and what you can do about it right now. Because speaking of tangible, it's not as easily tangible as, you know, exercise or what you're going to eat or even sleep. And yet it is absolutely as important, if not more in truth. Friends, I trust this episode helped shed light on this very real and acutely tangible relationship between your mind and your body and what you can do about it right now. Thanks again for choosing to tune into the Self-Helpful Podcast. Again, if you got value, please subscribe, leave a review about this episode and best off talk about it with someone else. Share an idea, a concern, a thought, anything you learned. I sincerely hope I've helped you help yourself. 